Stockton Rush joins us, and uh, it's it's that pregnant time of the year, sir, where everybody's talking about the Titanic. Comes around right about tax time every year. Did you fall in love with Titanic the same way that I did with A Night to Remember? I hate to say no. <laughs> I fell in love with submarines. Okay. And, uh, and, and then I fell in love with what can you do with submarines, and the Titanic is the thing. And so it's been... Uh, uh, it was not. It was not my objective. My objective was just to go really deep and find new life forms, and in the process, we found the Titanic, home of many life forms. Well, I grew up and I read *A Night to Remember* by Walter Lord, and one of the funniest things was that as a kid, I would always read that the physics told us we would never see the wreck of the Titanic. We would never actually be able to go down that deep and see it. And then, lo and behold, we pulled it off. Yes, yeah. Man were meant to fly, he would have wings. I mean, how much of a technical and scientific accomplishment was it that we got to the point where we could actually dive that deep and see this incredible ship from that, that sunk in 1912? Well, certainly, uh, you know, it was a big achievement. There was the, the, the dive to the bottom of the Mariana Trench in 1960, where the U.S. won the race to the bottom of the ocean. And then the, it was done. And the people thought we were going to spend a lot of money advancing the technology. And, and not a lot happened um, except in the oil industry. So the, the achievement that, that I think we've achieved, um, and the, the Russians were the first ones to have non-scientists go down. But really, what we tried to do is come up with a way for the average person and, and multiple researchers to show up at the site. So it's, it's sort of like uh, the difference between the Model T and the Suburban. So the technical challenges are in some ways incremental, but some are, some are huge, like the carbon fiber hull and our launch systems. But it's been, uh, it's been a long process. There have been a lot of people work on it for the last you know, 100 years, um, but it's a difficult challenge. You, you're looking at 6,000 pounds per square inch. Uh, over 100 million pounds is exerted on the hull of the sub when we're down that deep. You know, I have this reverence for famous buildings and famous historic sites, and I can only imagine what it must be like to stare at the wreck of the Titanic. So there were a couple of things. I didn't have the opportunity to, to soak it all in because when we got to the wreck, I'm now driving around trying not to make sure we don't bump into it. And I've got uh, these mission specialists and researchers who are in the in the front of the sub and everybody's you know, ooing and eyeing and we're looking at stuff and I'm driving and watching the cameras and the sonar. And so I was very engaged in the, in the process. When we got done, what struck me the most about the, the wreck was how beautiful it was. Most of the shipwrecks that I've been on are mostly gray and the color tends to be anemones or, or life forms that are on it. And the Titanic is like a living wreck with these rusticles creating these oranges and reds. And then you've got blues and greens and you just don't normally see that. You know, your typical shipwreck is, tends to be relatively gray. That I found to be staggering. The closer you got, the more the lights brought that out. But at the end of the day, when we got to the, to the deck of the ship, you know, I sort of felt like I had run a marathon. And I had that euphoria at the end of the marathon or a long run since I've never run a marathon. <laughs> but, but, you know, just that, that feeling of completion, that this has been such a long time in the, in the making and, and getting there was, was really the, the great thing. Can you walk us through how it works, how long it takes to drop down, how much time you spend there, how much time it takes to come back? Yes, it's about two and a half hours down. And then we get uh, navigation heading information from the surface ship that's tracking us. And we get within about 100 meters of the wreck, we can then pull it up on sonar and we drive up to it. We spend between three and five hours um, on the wreck. 
and then it's two and a half hours up. So it ends up being almost like a three act play. You know, the way down, you've got five people in the sub, you're, you're seeing weird life forms go by the viewport that you just the most bizarre creatures you've ever seen. You have conversation and, and, it, and then you get to the bottom and you have act two, which is see the rack. And then act three is, you know, we're looking at video that we captured on the way down. We're looking at those weird creatures on the way back up. So it, it goes by, everyone says it goes by remarkably quickly. It's about 10 hours in the sub. Do you have uh, Celine Dion's voice in your head every time you go down, <laughs> down on the Titanic? It, it, we have playlists, so it depends. If it's on the playlist, we get it. Okay. Is there a degree of reverence when you are there, understanding that yeah. 1,500 people died? Yes, and we go out um, every, in five different mission cycles. On every one of those, we have sort of a memorial service uh, before we start diving. So um, we, and one of them, we, we had a wreath that we laid at the, on the surface we give a, have a little talk. We have a moment of silence. We have a lot of Titanic uh, experts who talk about different tragedies and people who made it, people who didn't. So we're very cognizant of that. One of the reasons we don't salvage, we don't pick up stuff, we don't touch anything. Are there times where you see things and think, oh my goodness, I wish I could bring that back up to the surface? I'm not really a collector. It's just clutter. I haven't seen the heart of the ocean down there. Um, <laughs> we do. You, you see things like bottles and Occasionally, some uh, they picked up a lot of the personal effects of the shoes and things like that were salvaged. But you do see a fair number of bottles, a lot of coal, wash basins and things. But I'm not one for, you know, some, some deep sea divers like to go that they get their treasures from different wrecks around the East Coast and put them on their mantle. That's just not, not what I do. I, I get really excited when I see something like that. How can I get a good picture of it? How can I get the right angle captured on 4K imagery? That's the, the thing that'll live forever. I don't, I don't want to pick up. You know, stuff from the bottom. Is there constantly stuff that surprises you, new things that you see that you haven't seen before? Well, we just went last year for the first time. So, it's, uh, but this year going back will be interesting to see, you know, particularly some of the corals. Um, there was a soft coral that was on the, um, uh, on the bow that was there for years and that's, that's gone. There are a lot of these squat lobsters that they look like a crab, but they have a lobster tail and they're white and those things crawl around. Um, so I'll be really interested when we go back this year to see if those life forms, if they're more aggregated around. And then P.H. Nargelet was with us, and he's been you know, down to the wreck almost more than anyone. And so he really noticed the continuing decay with the promenade deck you know, collapsing in, Captain Smith's bathtub getting more full of debris so you can barely make out the rim of the bathtub. You know, I haven't had enough experience down there to, to see that, that kind of a change. Well, and I'm curious about that aspect that people have talked about. It's almost like a waterfall, the decay of the ship. So how much longer is it with us? That's the question. <laughs> that's the, the $64,000 question. So one of the questions we want to answer is a better estimate. You hear 20 years. PH points out that when he went there 30 years ago, people said it'll be gone in 20 years. So it seems to be this rolling thing. And the, the interesting piece is it's not, it will always, it, it for, it for centuries, it will be there. So it is an artificial reef. And the real question is, when does it not look like a shipwreck? For example, the stern section is, you know, it, it pancaked in and it was completely, you know, in, exploded. And so other than things like the reciprocating engines that you can come across and say, okay, I can tell what that is. It, it does, it doesn't resemble a ship. It resembles, a, you know, a lot of stuff. The bow is definitely a ship. And so I think the real question for me is, I think once the, the bow railing and the bow itself starts to fall in on itself, then I'd say it's now an artificial reef more than it is uh, a shipwreck. 
but um, we will be going back and taking these detailed photographs and laser scans and be able to tell year by year how much is it really decaying and come up, I think, with a better estimate. But it'll be a couple of decades, I think, that it'll, it'll look similar to what it does now. And, I mean, obviously, it's why it became this huge movie. There is this evocativeness about taking a look at a wreck of a ship uh, that was once, you know, this great and mighty ship on, on the ocean and, and now lies at the bottom of the ocean. So I wonder, is, is there a sense of wonder for you every single time? Yes. I just find as soon as you go underwater, it's it, as much the shipwreck as it is the process to get there. So, um, as I said, as you go through that water column, it's incredible. I mean, these, these the creatures with three eyeballs and stuff hanging off them and bioluminescence that are, you know, kicking off in the distance, you really do feel like you're in outer space. You're, you're going to a different planet. And when you get to the bottom and then you, you come up on the shipwreck, it's like, it's, it's like a piece of normal life has gone to this alien world and is now sitting there in an odd spot and being consumed by the ocean. So I, I just have amazing awe every time um, I get down and certainly every time I come back. And then also to understand that there's a vintage Ford motor car in there. There's there's just all of these crazy things. It's this time capsule frozen in time. Yes, yes, very much so. And and, and we did uh, a, a fair amount of, uh, of looking through the debris field. We'll do more of that and, and be able to find some of these artifacts unless you... You go into the hull, which we're not going to be doing. Um, it, it's hard to find those discoveries, but it was scattered across such a large area that even though they've done lots of salvage 20, 30 years ago, um, even PH admitted there were there were so many bottles of wine, they, they got tired of bringing them up and so many cups and teacups and pieces of coal. But uh, I haven't seen them. So <laughs> it's always exciting. Thank you very much for this. Appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you.